0: some blue sun's coming out it's warming up a little bit and we are broadcasting live outside if you're watching over on the bud light live stream at uh, wildridge golf course we're here in eau claire wisconsin where later today we've got the, t- the tobacco outlet plus grocery golf Outing uh, coming up and uh, we've got our cigar dinner coming up here later on tonight uh be back in milwaukee tomorrow uh, the wisconsin state fair then broadcasts on fr- uh, thursday and friday and then a week from today, we'll be live out in Sturgis, South Dakota, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and uh, obviously then back um, for the following week. So uh, got a lot of lot of traveling going on here in the next uh, couple of weeks. So just kind of hang in there. Uh, Mike Clemens will be on the ground as always, uh, up in Green Bay, giving you everything. So. Uh, we've got all of that. Brewers get a couple of wins over the weekend, over the Boston Red Sox. Two out of three. Couldn't seal the deal yesterday, but they have only lost two since starting out uh, the unofficial second half of the season after the All-Star break. They've been the, the bats have been on fire. Hunter Renfro's been on fire. Even Colton Wong has been hitting the ball much, much better. So uh, we'll see what they do because today and tomorrow, interesting days for the Milwaukee Brewers as far as making a move and maybe either adding a bat or an additional arm to uh, their arsenal uh, for the stretch run heading into the postseason. So we'll see if they can continue to overcome the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals got a win yesterday, so they picked up a game. They sit now three games behind the Brewers in the National League Central. In the meantime, the breaking news of the day, we'll talk more about coming up, but Deshaun Watson gets only six games, six games. And uh, we'll talk uh, more about that because reaction to that has been somewhat pouring in. Uh, since we talked about it in the first hour of the program. Um, I know many of you shocked that he only got six games, but I, as I kind of laid out early on, I think uh, there's a really good reason as to why, and we'll get into that discussion coming up here in just a little bit as well. In the meantime, the uh, Dallas Cowboys named the most valuable team, and we'll talk more about that, but 764 million bucks. Jerry Jones said he would never sell the Dallas Cowboys, and if he ever changed his mind, Sportico has it valued at $7.64 billion, making it the most valuable franchise across all sports. Um, so, uh, the, by the way, the, uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, come in. They are in the top 15. I think they're 14 overall. They're 14 overall when it comes to the NFL, uh, $4.19 billion, or what the Packers value that. So not bad for a team that doesn't have a single owner. We'll talk more about that as well. Speaking of the Packers, though, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, we heard part of this a little bit earlier, but he addressed the media today just before they went outside, and they ended up uh, you know, putting the pads on today at Packers training camp. Let's finish up uh, Matt LaFleur talking to the media today.
1: Giving anybody back today? There's going to be nobody back. Sammy will do some team reps. That's good. Um, So, the show wasn't really came
0: down
2: today. What are
1: your thoughts on the beginning of six games? I've got no thoughts on it. I didn't even know until you told me. So, I've got nothing to say about that. I don't know much about it. And, you know, so I'd rather not talk about it.
3: Are, are the number of um, competitive periods um, going to be consistent? So you know, you did inside the ten the other day. Do you want to have one every day, or every day, whether, two, uh, two, whether it's two minute or, or um, you know inside the red zone or whatever? You try to have those every
4: day during installation.
1: Yeah, we're always trying to incorporate as many competitive periods as possible. Today we'll have one where we'll have a move the ball period where the offense is trying to get two first downs and just more or less trying to limit the number of plays that we, you know, give these guys consecutively, at least at this stage of the game. And then we'll finish with the two minute period, which is is always competitive and You guys got to make sure when we get down to that red zone, you clear the the sidelines a little bit, please. I I uh, saw a camera on the ground the other day. I don't know whose it was, but if you guys could not put those on the ground, that would be great. Not only for your equipment, because I know those are expensive, but more for our players. Uh, Did you go over to film and see whether uh,
3: John Charles intercepted that ball on
2: the Uh, two Was that a coach's call to give him another rep? That was not.
1: Game. We had officials out there. The the official uh, ruled it the way he ruled it, and so you got to be ready to play the next play. And it's a great learning lesson for everybody. Is just yeah, you know, you're excited. You think you won the game, and um, for coaches and players, you got to have your next play call ready. And and um, the, then you got to go out there and play that call. But what did you guys think? Did, did you think it was an interception, or did you think you did? Thank God you're not an official. He was definitely <laughs> out of balance. There was a little there was a slight bobble there and he he didn't get that second. No, oh, there was a not a slight bobble. There was a bobble. I'll send you the film if you if you if you don't believe me. <laughs> did, uh, didn't you see we, we had four officials out there? You can see old Larry back? Huh? Can you see though? Hell yeah, you can. <laughs>
3: did, did uh did Joe Barry agree with you? Yeah,
1: they. everybody knows. The the defense, you know, uh, in our team meeting just a second ago, I said, hey, we're going to find out, you know, about our integrity right here. And I asked Sherm. I'm like, hey, Sherm, did you catch that? He said, yes. I said, well, we've got a bunch of liars in this room. You <laughs> it.
0: There you go. That's Matt LaFleur wrapping things up with uh, the media from a little bit earlier today. A couple of interesting things. Nobody knew going to be back at practice today so it's not like they're going to start getting some of these people that they've been waiting for them to come back and get into action such as a Christian Watson and company Um, but then uh, when it came to speaking of Watson um, the uh, Deshaun Watson ruling today uh, he was asked specifically about, not that I ever expected him to really make any kind of a statement, but he said, look, I didn't know about it until just now, until you just now told me so. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that is a terrific way to say absolutely, positively nothing and not expound upon it. I mean, what you know? what's he going to do? What's he going to say? But uh, for those tuning in today, you had uh, the ruling that was handed down earlier today. Deshaun Watson got only six games. The recommendation, now that has not been... Uh, stamped official yet, but uh, Watson, uh, a six-game suspension for violating the the league's, the NFL's uh, personal conduct policy. Now, uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, reaction, if you will, over on uh, the Facebook fan page, over on the Bud Light live stream, uh, via email. Uh, This one's from Chuck, who says, six games is a travesty, in my opinion, but I don't know all of the facts, so maybe, probably, There was something there that general public is not made aware of. Nick says Watson gets only six games for what was worse than what Trevor Bauer did, and he got banned from Major League Baseball basically for two seasons. Uh, this one's from Zach, who says uh, over in the email, he said, uh, this is a travesty that Deshaun Watson gets only six games. So many people came forward to accuse him of basically the same thing. What are people looking for? Well, it's not a criminal case any longer. I think they just wanted to get it out of the headlines. Is it just this easy? Pay people off and then walk away? Uh, at least he's suspended without pay. No, he's not suspended without pay. He suspended. He's there is no fine levied. This now, when you miss games, yes, it's suspension without pay, but there was no additional fines levied against him. Uh, I'm sure he's paying in court, but again, I go back to the fact that he has stated, Deshaun Watson has stated over and over again that he did nothing wrong. Um, He was accused uh, of sexual assault and appropriate conduct during massage sessions and. Civil lawsuits filed by 25 women, 32 total, and there were more that actually had said there were other issues along the way. The lawsuits took place between March of 2020 and 2021 while Watson was the member of Houston, Texas. Now, one of the 25 lawsuits was eventually dropped following the judge's ruling back in April of 2021 that the plaintiffs needed to amend their petition to disclose their names. They did not want to be named in this. And in June Watson settled 20 of the 24 cases, and then uh Monday he agreed to settle 3 of the remaining 4 today, 3 of the remaining 4 lawsuits, according to the Houston attorney Tony Busby who represents those women who are suing Watson. Now Busby told Uh, ESPN, uh, that the first woman to sue Watson and the first to go public with her name and story did finally settle her case. And last month, the Texans reached settlements with 30 women who made claims or were prepared to make claims against the organization for their alleged role regarding the allegations regarding Watson. Now, with all of this going on, all of this money being doled out, all of these settlements and payments and such, you would assume where there's smoke, there's fire. I think we could all assume that, right? We could all figure that, you know, there's something there. Um, but in the reality, um, first of all, the, the arbitrator in this case, which was Sue Robinson, um, she didn't base her opinion off of anything else. Uh, really, uh, when it came to the length of recommended suspension for Deshaun Watson. And I said this earlier, and I think this this is part of the argument that uh, Deshaun Watson's legal team brought up was – Look, you've got other issues in the NFL. The NFL has a collective bargaining agreement that not only reaches the players, but all executives, front office staff, and owners. Something I really wasn't quite sure of, to be quite honest with you. So when all of this came down and I I had heard this, I thought, okay, this makes a little more sense. But basically stating that, you know, hey, you, you want to be hard on the personal conduct policy. And you want to throw suspensions out and you want to talk about a season and you want to talk about maybe, you know, 17 games plus, and then the possibility to be reinstated. And so, well, you haven't done anything to some of the owners like a Daniel Snyder, like a Jerry Jones, like a Stephen Ross, like a Jimmy Haslam. None of those owners who have been accused of everything from, you know, a, a sexually hostile work environment to actually wanting to throw games you haven't done a thing to so why are you going to all of a sudden turn around and suspend a player for an entire season not to mention and and i have not read the entire transcript of all of this i think it was 15 pages but basically in there i'm sure there's something listed that he missed last season the problem was is he still got paid last season he still got paid from the Houston Texans and this year he's still going to get a check for 40 plus million dollars and all of that guaranteed money that the Cleveland Browns decided to pay him. So it's when you're not going to clean up your own backyard, you can't turn around and make a player be accountable for what he's done. And that's part of I I believe anyway. That's going to be part of the argument. And I think that today's ruling as much as you want to be outraged at Deshaun Watson, I think it's a real black eye on the NFL. And I think it's, it's a black eye on Roger Goodell. It's a black eye on ownership who have not taken accountability for problems within their own ranks. Uh, we all know that the NFL went after John Gruden basically to get him axed. Uh, but in the meantime, they have fought tooth and nail not to have anything else disclosed uh, out of that investigation into the Washington commanders. As a matter of fact, they were rather uncooperative when, uh, the, the house subcommittee asked them to appear on Capitol Hill. So, you know, you, you can't be the leader of quote, protect the shield as Roger Goodell continually protest or continually contests, but yet when it comes to other issues inside the ranks, run away from the, 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 accountability. So uh, I know there's many of you who are completely outraged by the Deshaun Watson stuff, but on the other hand, uh, I, I think this is an indictment of the NFL and the way they've conducted themselves as ownership uh, as much as the player or players have in the past. And I know you can equate it to Ben Roethlisberger and Plaxico Burris and all these different guys that have had transgressions, whether it's with sexual encounters or guns or things that they've done away from the field. I get that. But you also have an ownership group that's not taking accountability for their own actions and they're not governing one another. So I think that's the reason Sue Robinson looked at this and said, you know what, we'll go six games. And that's about the extent of it because you won't police yourselves. So why should we worry about policing the players? And, and that's the shame of it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get some we'll get some you know calls back into this if you've got thoughts on it. 877-867-1670. 877 877- You can hit us up. Also, don't forget, coming up in about a half an hour, Mike Clemens is going to join us live in Green Bay as the Packers back on the practice field today. So... Uh, We'll hear from Mike coming up in about a half an hour. But uh, for right now, I'm going to open up the phone lines 877 867 1670. Hit us up if you'd like to do so. We'd love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. They are in West Bend. They are the home of the Hearts on Fire Diamond. Andy Kane and his staff, they're great people. And he's got uh, a whole podcast. It's called Buy Like a Guy and uh, it's it's not necessarily you know jewelry dedicated for men but it's basically how to buy when to buy who to buy for and uh, when you are going to make that uh, that big announcement that hey by the way i want to get married uh, how to buy? So uh, it's pretty cool. If you if you look on Instagram for Buy Like a Guy, you can follow his stuff there as well. But in West Bend, Wisconsin, it is Kane K O E H N Kane and Kane Jewelers. Highly, highly recommend you take a look. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up uh, live out here at Wild Ridge Golf Course in Eau Claire. We'll be back right after this.
4: Right Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Brought to you by our friends at stoley 's Hog Alley out there in Summit in Oconomowoc. Stopped out and saw Jeff, um, what was it, Friday night, I think, Friday or Saturday. I can't remember off the top of my head. But stopped in just to kind of check up on the uh, on the progress as they continue their renovation there at stoley 's And uh, it's, it's going on well. They just had... Uh, some soil tests they needed to get past over the last couple of weeks. But they got it all done, and now they're going to continue on with the renovation. So Stoley's Hog Alley out in Oconomowoc uh, in Summit, still open, still cranking it out, still doing well. But don't forget about Stolle's all 109 up in Watertown. Really good people, him and uh, Jeff and Alicia. They do a lot of great work, do a lot of community stuff. I know they had some rides that went through there this past weekend as well. Stop into either place, great service, even better food, good people. That's what it's all about. Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoles Old 109 uh, there in uh, in Watertown. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's get to the phone calls and just kind of get some of your reactions. Let's go to Ross listening to us in Wausau. Ross, welcome to the program, man. What's going on?
3: Hey, uh... Not much. I just had a comment about the Deshaun Watson thing and then about the Packers, too. That Watson contract, it's really interesting. They structured it so the first year, he only makes a million dollars. So out of those six games, you know, the the only money they can take from him is that base salary of a million dollars. Like, they obviously, they knew this was coming and they planned for it. So he's only yep. going to lose, you know, I don't know, like $300,000. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, he's not losing much. A lot of that guaranteed money is still paid to him. And and, then I was listening this morning that he will still get a check for over $45 million this year.
3: Right. He's not going to lose much of anything. Right. And then my comment about the Packers was, um, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday the San Francisco 49ers signed their disgruntled wide receiver, Debo Samuel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was saying he wasn't going to sign. He was going to hold out. And then eventually I called in before and compared this to Devontae Adams. I said if they would have waited him out, I think the exact same thing would have happened. Does, like, San Francisco being able to re-sign their wide receiver make you feel any different about how the Packers dealt with Adams?
0: That's a great question because they could have kept Adams – um, I, I, what the Packers did, it's a little different because Debo Samuel is going to be with the same quarterback now for a very long time, whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever they decide on, where Devontae Adams, this goes back to Aaron Rodgers saying that the organization doesn't care about people and Devontae Adams wanted to go play with somebody else because he knew Rodgers was coming up towards the end of his career, and he knew, he said, look, I like him, but, and when the minute he said but, I knew Jordan Love wasn't the guy. I've been saying it all along, but what he said was, I don't know if Aaron's going to be here after this year or next year, but, and he wants to go to the Hall of Fame. He wants his numbers, and he wants a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl eventually, and uh, I I just think he just wanted out. So this was the organization. Could they have done what the, the 49ers did? Absolutely. Uh, but would he have been happy? Would it have been good, a good look for the organization? Probably not, and specifically not in the eyes of Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, but if you know, I understand what you're saying with that. But if Rodgers is only going to be here for two, four years, you know, don't you want to give him the best shot at winning a Super Bowl? Because you would think, you know, if if you know Love isn't the guy, and from his showings last year, he doesn't look like the guy, things might get bleak after Rodgers retires. So why not? franchise and make him stay here you know make another run at it you know i think they would have been a better spot because like i said if you know like it or not you're you're looking out for the best interests of the the franchise you want to win a super bowl and i think they would have been better off having adams other than the two picks
0: that's just my i agree i know i i completely agree with you and appreciate the phone call um, I I agree. You would if you would still have on this team rather than Christian Watson. If you still had on this team Devontae Adams, I think with the defense that you have, the depth that you would then have, because uh, you would have either gotten Watson or you would have got Romeo Dubs and eventually another wide receiver down the down the road. Plus your defense and what you've bolstered and upgraded, I I think this team would still be incredibly formidable. I think it would even be better. Um, but I think because Devontae was so and so you know what? Debo Samuel said it all along that he was not gonna come back and he wanted to sign elsewhere and they he wanted demanded a trade and then eventually the deal worth a maximum of seventy three and a half million over the next three years and it includes fifty eight point one million in guarantees. You know, eventually he just said okay, money money wins out. Um but Devontae Adams wasn't signing long term. He wasn't gonna sign the franchise tag. He didn't want any of that. Uh, whether or not he would have ended up holding out for an entire season, I don't know. I just don't know if you want a guy that's that mad at you and where it's seemingly anyway the relationship had broken down that detrimentally over the last year or two. I don't know if you want him in your locker room, as talented as he is. I just don't know if you wanted him. And he he just – that's a great question. Um, Could they have done that? Absolutely. But I don't know that I would have. I don't know that I would have, but what Debo Samuel ended up getting out of it, you know, struck the deal. The Niners and Samuel, they brought uh, what's considered to be kind of a peaceful end to a very turbulent negotiation that saw him request that trade. Going back to what was it, eight like April, I think, when he finally said, I'm not coming back and I want to be traded. And uh, San Francisco, but they held firm. Look, they, they said, hey, we are going to work through this no matter what. And mission accomplished. They did. They did. In the meantime, the the Packers they traded away their guy, but I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if things would have been as harmonious, and I certainly don't think that uh, Devontae Adams would right now be in a Packers uniform. Just just my thoughts. Um, over on the Bud Light live stream, Ted chimes in says the punishment sends a message that it's okay to break the law. Bad message for the NFL to send. Uh, love the show, Ted. Appreciate it, man. Um, the uh, Pack fan says there was no fracture in the relationship with Adams and the Packers. He just wanted to play with Carr in Vegas. Um, he wanted to, but the Packers offered him the same amount, if not more money to stay, and he said no. There, there was the rumors that he was not happy because he was not being dealt with early on. Now, that was never made public on either end. But that was what the prevailing rumor was, that the Packers had to wait. They had to do specific things for Aaron Rodgers first, take care of certain things first, and then deal with Devontae Adams. And he just he, he just at that point in time had shut down and just wanted out. He wanted to go play with Derek Carr. Had Aaron Rodgers been 10 years from retiring, I think it's a different story. I think it's a different story. Um. Chuck says the disciplinary procedure in the NFL needs to be changed. Goodell needs to be taken out of that process. He should not be involved. The funny thing about this is, and and Chuck, there's a it's kind of a catch-22 here now, because suppose Roger Goodell decides to say, no, six games, that's not enough. It's a bad look for the NFL. It's a bad look for for uh, us as it's we got to protect the shield and you know this can be a, a, a you know the court of public opinion is going to hammer us and for a little bit rightfully so so he is the players association gave up the arbitration right when it came to going back to an appeal so if roger goodell decides no we're going to go eight games 10 games 12 games whatever or an entire season then the the nfl pa will then appeal that They will send their legal team to Washington. They'll try to get a a restraining order, basically. They'll try to find a high court to say, no, 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 no. Um, We're going to get an injunction against the NFL before this can happen. That, That would be my assumption. That would be the first thing they would do. They would seek legal action. But remember, they gave up in the collective bargaining agreement for more money the ability for an appeal to be heard by someone else. Roger Goodell did not relinquish that right. Therefore, Roger Goodell is the one that actually hears the appeal. So he will lay down the law and then turn around and be the uh, the arbiter that hears the appeal. So in other words, hey, this is what I believe Change my mind. And if you can't change his mind legitimately or through the court of public opinion, then Roger Goodell, what he says, stands. And that's the way it is. Because, uh, again, the, the players took the money – and gave up that argument in their collective bargaining agreement with the NFL. It, it, and that portion of it at the time I thought was fascinating. Remember Demora Smith. He was going to bust the cojones of the uh, of the commissioner. He was going to put him in his place. He was going to take away the power. He was going to take away the uh, the appeal rights, all of that stuff. And all he did was the minute they dangled some money in front of him, he jumped at it. And that was it. That was it. So the players kind of gave up that right, and now in the Deshaun Watson case, should the uh, should the NFL and should the commissioner say, "Nah, that's not enough. We're going to go a lot longer than that." Their only other ability to have this heard is to then try to find a federal judge to actually hear the case that would be on their side to then put it in front of a court of law and see if the the NFL then oversteps their bounds after the agreement to uh, to. Uh, Um, you know, allow Sue Robinson to hear this case. So the whole thing's fascinating, and I don't even know if it's all done yet. I don't even know if it's all done yet. Um, Tom Pellicero saying uh, Judge Sue Robinson expected to release her full 16-page decision explaining Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. So we're waiting for that to come out as well broadcasting live out here wild ridge golf course we're in eau claire wisconsin brought to you by our friends at quick trip don't forget use your quick rewards card i stopped there this morning on the way out gassed up uh got one of the breakfast sandwiches love that place And uh, use the Quick Rewards card. Just typed it in, good to go. And they're used uh, right now. I noticed that some of the pumps have changed over. Now they're more prevalent when it comes to using E85 to give you a little bit of a release at the uh, relief at the pump, if indeed your vehicle can take it. So E85 more prevalent now uh, over at Quick Trip as well. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin
4: Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: I
0: want to remind you, coming up on Sunday, September 4th, we have our uh, motorcycle ride benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. We are now uh, about a month away, so uh, now the push is on to get pre-registration and to spread the word and to get many of you aware that the the ride takes place always the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. It's our 15th annual. A lot of good prize packages uh, that have been put together for those who win or are involved in pre-registration. And then, obviously, the prize package. I was just yesterday. As a matter of fact, I was at Best Buy looking at the TV that we're giving away. Um, It is a 75-inch TV for the winning poker hand in the poker run uh, seventy five inch Ben how big is the wall that you have you don 't ride a motorcycle though, but how big is the wall that you have in the apartment wouldn 't this seventy five inch look good there
1: I think it would i, I don 't ride a motorcycle though, <laughs> despite what the public may think.
0: I know uh, I thought you rode one all the way out to Colorado. Probably would have got there quicker to be honest with you had it as opposed to your your flight issues that 's for damn sure. But I was out at uh, Best Buy yesterday looking at it, and a 75-inch flat panel TV. Man, beautiful. So that's for the first prize, and then uh, we're giving away beer for a year, which is probably more up your alley, Ben, to be quite honest with you. So beer for a year, and then uh, a whole lot of good stuff. We've got Hairbangers Ball which is going to play the after party along with Rebel Grace. So you get a little bit of the hard rock, you get a little bit of the country, and some of the pop covers uh, as well. So we got a great party at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Can't do it without our friends at Growth Law. Go to growthlaw.com, protecting bikers' rights here in the state of Wisconsin, one of the top 20 law firms in the country. Then our friends, like I had mentioned, at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, go to wishd.com. That is wishd.com. Our friends at Bud Light have been with us for 15 years. Every year we've done this, and every year they've been there and every year they've said whatever you need will do and they're great with po- printing up all the posters and the flyers and everything and also putting some money for the advertising behind it along with mke brewing which is where we begin the day of registration 8 a.m we start registering 11 a.m kickstands up and then off we go and the ride concludes at approximately 5 o'clock at Wisconsin-Harley, and we have a great party afterwards. Also, thanks to Potawatomi Hotel Casino for uh, providing us the dealers that are going to be there dealing out the poker hands. Thanks for a Great Lakes Drag Away who is a part of this now, and uh, they had a big weekend this past weekend down at Great Lakes down in Union Grove. So if you're looking to still uh, go go run your motorcycle, go run your dragster, go run your vehicle, whatever it happens to be, you can do that down at Great Lakes Dragway. Go to greatlakesdragaway.com. And then don't forget about our friends uh, that came on board out in this western portion of the state, and that is our friends at Buzzard Billy's over in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So thanks to them for being a big part of the program as well. So Buzzard Billy's, some fine food, good margaritas, and I can't wait to get out there into the lacrosse area just to stop in and say hi shake a few hands and say thank you so much for being a part of it as well but uh, the only way to get registered you can uh, two ways as a matter of fact go to com slash big unit poker run com facebook.com/ slash big unit poker run uh you, if you're following us on the bud light live stream you can scan the qr code right now it'll take you right to the pre-registration and or just simply go to fisherhousewi.org that is fisherhousewi.org and uh, you can uh, check it out there as well fisherhousewi.org go to the events page and you can see it all right there as well so there you go uh, don't forget, Mike Clemens coming up here in about uh, about seven minutes. Uh, we'll talk with Mike, who's live up in Green Bay. Uh, this is from uh, our buddy Steve, who says, uh, hey, happy weekend. First of all, thoughts and prayers to the family of Bill Russell. What a champion, not only in basketball but in life. He was an ambassador for the Equality and Gentleman's Gentleman. Uh, I never had the chance to actually meet him, but his aura could be felt even when he was on TV. Some people forget that he not only had 11 NBA championships but also two NCAA championships. Uh, with the United States uh, team as well. Also, don't forget, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Russell. Great start by the crew after the All-Star break. I think uh, we're all happy with a 7-2 start, and now they're going to Pittsburgh, who usually they handle pretty well. Maybe the crew can come back with yet another two or three wins. And maybe Brian Reynolds, who I have been lobbying for, for the Brewers to acquire for a while. That's our buddy Steve in Richfield. And that would be be somewhat of an accomplishment, Steve, if they uh, indeed did that. So good stuff there. 877 uh, 867 It has uh, been posted now. Uh, Judge Sue Robinson has indeed released her report on the Deshaun Watson findings that led to the six-game suspension. The conclusion says, and I quote, "...the NFL may be forward-facing organization, but is not necessarily a forward-looking one." Just as the NFL responded to violent conduct after a public outcry, so it seems the NFL was responding to yet another public outcry about Mr. Watson's conduct. At least in the former situation, the policy was changed and applied proactively. Here, the NFL is attempting to impose a more dramatic shift in its culture without the benefit of fair notice to and consistency of con- consequence for those in the NFL subject to the policy. Looking at the record when compared to the relevant precedent and looking forward to how the disciplinary, pl- disciplinary, disciplinary determination might be used in the future, I find the most appropriate landing place to be as follows. Mr. Watson is hereby suspended for six regular season games without pay, although it is most in, uh, the most significant punishment ever imposed on the NFL player for allegations of nonviolent sexual conduct. Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. Recognizing that only discipline mentioned in the CBA is a fine or suspension, I nevertheless believe it is appropriate for Mr. Watson to limit his massage therapy to a club-directed session and club-approved massage therapist for the duration of his career and so impose this mandate as a condition of his reinstatement. And last but not least, Mr. Watson is to have no adverse involvement with law enforcement and must not commit any additional violations of the personal conduct policy. The first portion of that is kind of chastising the NFL, saying that you're a forward-facing organization, but you're not forward-looking, and basically saying that, look, you make a lot of errors, you do anything and everything you can to protect the shield, but you do things reactionary rather than being progressive and forward thinking and forward looking to take some of the kind of the bull by the horns in some of these particular situations you always tend to react to it and wait for the public opinion to dictate what it is you want to do going back to and without actually using the example of ray rice that she in essence used the example of ray rice you suspended him the 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 egregious action never changed From the time you heard about it to the time you saw the video, nothing changed. You went really soft on this guy at first, and then after the court of public opinion came out because it was so incredibly heinous and egregious, then you reacted to it. And you're doing the same again. You know, you knew about this. This is something that's been talked about. And then you're trying to now find another way to get a second bite of the apple to say, okay, let's let's go ahead and hammer this guy without us being the bad guys. And she said, no, your precedent is your precedent. This is what it is. It's a nonviolent sexual situation. And she basically says he's suspended for six games. But she says that's it for, for searching Craigslist for uh, therapists. And you are not to have any involvement from here on out with any law enforcement in a negative light so she basically hammers both hammers the nfl and hammers watson at the same time let's do this Uh, we're going to step away take a quick break we'll come back mike Clement standing by up in green bay hang in there we got a lot more of the bill michael show right after this
4: covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have a busy week ahead with practices every day, followed by family night this Friday here at Lambeau Field. Now, over the weekend, the Packers worked on special teams and had rookie wide receiver Romeo Dobbs returning punts. He also hauled in touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Dobbs says of the receivers he studied, from Hall of Famer Jerry Rice to somebody like Jordy Nelson, they've all had one thing in common, preparation.
3: Even the greatest ones, their they preparation is so high to where. They get at that maximum level, and it becomes, a, it becomes a practice for them.
4: Jordan Love had the play of the day. Under pressure, he rolled to his left, then launched a 55-yard bomb to the right sideline and hit Romeo Dobbs in stride during a two-minute drill.
0: Yeah, um, it's one of those plays that you hear them calling the huddle, and you're like, okay, I hope we get this look on defense, the perfect look, and be able to launch that ball back, um, and, and that's what happened. We got to the line, all I was like, okay. We got a shot for it, and saw Romeo come out, and it just worked out. You know, uh,
1: he, he, he finished the playoff nicely, but, uh, yeah, it was fun.
4: How has Jordan Love improved at quarterback in year three? Packers head coach Matt LaFleur.
1: The whole operation from getting the play call the command and the huddle and then being able to go out there and effectively execute with a with a proper technique and certainly he's going to get a lot more reps you know throughout the course of the preseason and there's no substitute for live game reps you know aaron does a great job with him in our meeting room in terms of just giving him nuggets all the time jordan's been through it now for a couple years and i think he he hangs on to those things and and truly learns from not only his experiences out there but the other quarterbacks in the room that's matt lafleur in green bay
4: i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show
0: welcome back to the program the bill michaels show we are broadcasting live wild ridge golf course out here in eau claire to have you on mike clemens joining us now he is uh, at packers training camp and uh, mike uh, so give us a lowdown as to what's going on today first full day in pads first full day in shoulder pads
2: they put on uh, the full pads tomorrow on tuesday it's cloudy we could get some rain here it's muggy the wind's finally picking up but it started out pretty hot muggy in about 80 degrees and you know i asked Jordan Love about this on Saturday. I said, okay, you know, first day on pads. So you have to make a little adjustments as a quarterback, and he wouldn't give in. Well, I'll tell you what, they're missing some passes today. It takes you a while to get used to your pads, like you've got Aaron Rodgers in the first-team offense in red zone, and Romeo Dobbs is having this great camp. He comes over the middle incomplete. Then uh, Rodgers drops back, and he kind of play-action fakes, and he looks to his right, and he hits Lazard on sort of a slant, and it might have been good coverage, uh, by, um, let's see, I think it was Adrian Amos who was there, and he drops it. But then Rodgers on third down, he comes back, and he zips one down the middle, no coverage on Sammy Watkins in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. So, they re, you know, they, they, they managed to survive that situation. Jordan Love, they got him rolling out an awful lot on some of these plays. Then they had him drilling, and on the first time, after rolling left, lowering right, supposed to throw the ball in the net, missed, and they made him do the drill a second time so they could put the ball into that. So, you know, that, that kind of stuff going on.
0: So, Mike, uh, when you talk to Jordan Love, um, I, you know, we were talking the other day about quarterbacks coming into the season that have pressure, and I'm I'm more in the sense of starting quarterbacks that have pressure, but it seemed like Jordan Love actually made the list. Is he feeling pressure to produce this season in some way, shape, or form? He's.
2: To me, he seems a, a lot more comfortable uh, with his command and on the field. And you know, and LaFleur even said that after the first four or five days of practices as well. You can see the maturity there going into year three. But he's got to start making some things happen out here. Now, he had this great play on Saturday. And it was 11-on-11 11 11 in full speed, in helmets and shorts. He's under pressure. He rolls to his left. And then he chucks that ball. Beautiful viral rainbow 55 yards down to the right side of the field in the sideline and there's 87 this romeo dobbs pulling it in and getting it you know down to the eight yard line next play they're at the line of scrimmage fumble between the quarterback and the center you know mental stuff like
3: that
0: mike how has sammy watkins looked because i know we have not seen christian watson as of yet but sammy watkins they're going to rely upon we don't talk a lot about him but how's he looked
2: he thought he had this hamstring after the four-hour flight to Green Bay, and he thought he tweaked it after running his physical conditioning. So they just trotted him out there a little bit on Saturday and a little bit today, you know. So he's he's only going fifty-fifty, but you know he took a couple of snaps today on eleven-eleven. So they're gradually pulling him in. I don't think they've you know put him full out so far. But you know he's got great hands. He's smart guy. Seems to know where he is. You know the other thing I'm thinking about though too is uh, today. They put up first team defense on the line and the secondary, but they're looking like four string outside linebackers. You know, guys like uh, mm-hmm. Tippa Galia you know, and Darius Hamilton. They need backup outside linebackers beside, behind Rashawn, who's having a great camp, and Preston Smith. But that that backup outside linebacker, the three and the four, wide open.
0: The, uh, the other thing I wanted to go after, Mike, real quick, and that is you, you know, we talk so much offensively, but more so the offensive line. They've been moving guys around a lot. Are they just looking for versatility or are guys actually looking for a home?
2: I think right now they're looking for a starting right tackle because it's probably Josh Nyman's job to lose, and he's taking a lot of snaps. But they're still running this kid that I told you about, Zach Tom, out of Wake Forest. If he's not with the ones, he's with the twos at left tackle. And so I think they're trying to build him up to at least make him a number two left tackle. But whoever wants to be right tackle right now between, you know, uh, Royce Newman and uh, Cole Van Lennon from Wisconsin, the right tackle job wide open.
0: Mike, great stuff as always. We'll talk again soon, pal. Okay. Thank you, Bill. There you go. That's our own Mike Clemens live up at uh, Packers training camp, giving us the update as to what's going on. Yeah, they've been moving Zach, Tom, and Sean Ryan all over the place trying to figure out this offensive line as they get ready for uh, for the preseason. And then you got to figure out where you're going to be once Bakhtiari is able to come back, how quickly before Elton Jenkins is able to come back, what kind of depth you actually have. Yeah, they're moving guys all over right now, trying to find, as he said, specifically more so the right tackle position. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. All you got to do is call them, 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast.
4: Listen, rate, subscribe.